Hey everybody, welcome to Chuck Yates Needs a Job, the podcast. Sorry I've been away for a while. I had my YDC roast. We roasted the Rice Brothers, made a million dollars for YDC, which is very cool. Helping underprivileged kids learn to read in Houston, Texas, which is a good thing. Digital Wildcatters, we had our big fuse conference, the South by Southwest of energy technology, if you will. Really cool stuff. Bobby Tudor gave a keynote. John Arnold gave a keynote. It was really great. Enjoyed getting together kind of all the segments of the energy business and talking through how we're going to handle this transition. We just got done recording BDE and we stumbled upon something that I wanted to flesh out a little bit more. We were basically talking about technology and energy, the interaction, the drivers. And so let me just throw some stuff into evidence here that I've been wanting to talk to you guys about. If you look from 1950 to 2000, energy usage, and when I say energy usage, I mean electricity, power demand in the United States was up almost 15x. I mean, think about it. We came up with a lot of really cool stuff to do with electricity. Think refrigerators, think washer and dryers, think lo and behold, air conditioning, think lighting, all this stuff. Then we roll into the computer revolution and we're using a lot of power, so up 15x. 2000 to today, been up very, very slightly. Not much. In fact, you could, you could call it flat and you wouldn't be stretching anything. I think why that's happened the last 20 years is not that we're not, in effect, using more power. The machines have gotten really efficient. I mean, if you look at what lighting's done over the last 20 years, amazingly more efficient. Computers, way more efficient. I think I saw a stat that we're using 10x the amount of computing power in the cloud over the last decade, but we're only using about 10% more power to power those machines just because the machines have gotten more efficient. I kind of give you that, and let's put a pin in that for just a second. Let's go then to a couple of podcasts I've listened to, and this is what I'm going to conclude with. If you haven't had a chance to listen to Mark Andreessen go on Joe Rogan, I think he's been on twice, once the summer of 21, the second time was the summer of 20. 23, so several months ago, both times talked a lot about AI and kind of his vision for an AI-driven, artificial intelligence-driven future. Really fascinating stuff. The first time, I don't think the lay person knew a lot about AI, what was going on, and you had this whole thing of, is it going to become the computer and take us over and kill us? And so the first time he came on, a lot of philosophical discussions on what even is AI, what could it become? Second time, because we've had chat GPT introduced, we're seeing AI embedded in a lot more things, gotten some more granular detail. And I don't want to put words into Mark Andreessen's mouth, but I'll paraphrase for the audience. And I definitely want you to listen to both of those podcasts. They're amazing. He's a fascinating guy. Mark's take is AI, it's a fancy hammer. It is a tool. It will be subservient to man. It will make our lives better. And so I don't want to say he was preaching a utopia because there is no such thing as a utopia. But he was preaching a much brighter future because of AI. And they're spending a lot of time investing in AI-driven products, strategies, et cetera. 
because they think it's going to be embedded in everything. And quite frankly, Mark's right about that. I mean, if you think about it, if your girlfriend just broke up with you, ran off with some dude half your age, God forbid, ran off with your brother, and you're a 12-pack of beer in, do you want to go search for a song on Apple Music? Or do you want Apple Music just to know it's time to play Guns N' Roses, I Used to Love Her, or Hank Williams? You want them to know. So let's put a pin in that, kind of this AI-driven future, and then talk this. The third point I want to bring up, if you run a Google search and I run 100 a day, what is this? What is that? That's one watt of power. An AI-driven search of the same exact question, five watts of power. To train the AI-driven language model to ask that question, 10 watts to 1,000 watts of power. And guess what? Everybody's going to want their own AI-driven language model, right? The Republicans are going to hate the way the Democrats model work, et cetera. So everybody's going to be training these languages. We've already seen it. There are competing languages everywhere. It's going to happen, right? What do we do when we put these three things together? Because I'll tell you this, I don't think we have the ability to generate enough electricity in the United States to meet this future demand if we're going to embed AI in everything. And that doesn't even have anything to do with all the electric vehicles we're going to be running around here, all the computing power we're going to put, be putting up into the cloud. If you look out, I think Elon Musk predicts by 2045, we're going to use 3x the power in the United States that we're using today. And we use about 4 trillion kilowatts, 4 trillion kilowatt hours of power, and that's about one-sixth of all the power used in the, uh, in the world. So he's up 3x. I think Goldman Sachs is up 2.5x in their predictions. Even McKinsey's up 2x. So we're going to use a lot more power. And when you look at what's going on, I mean, in Texas, we almost had a massive brownout this summer. If it wasn't for a freak rainstorm in central Texas hill country to cool it down a little bit, we would have had an overload on our system. And as most of y'all know, ERCOT is the standalone grid in Texas that supplies our power. Well, everybody always says ERCOT, it's also screwed up, it's also bad. The way I look at ERCOT, it's a leading indicator. And so what's happening in ERCOT today, that we're on the verge of brownouts. We've used more power each month for the last nine straight months in ERCOT, that's going to happen everywhere else. I think uh, Maynard Holt had the head of MISO, which is the Midwest grid, on his podcast several months ago. And he was talking about how they used to have 15% excess generating capacity above demand. Now they're talking 2%. So we're tapped out and it's hard. It's really, really hard to bring more power online. We were talking on BDE, like I said earlier, and we were talking about Dominion, which is the utility that services the Virginia area in and around DC. I'll get these stats wrong, but we'll uh, check them with BDE. It's, I think they've put in 75 data centers in the last three years. The power they've supplied has grown 7%. The word on the street is Dominion is actually telling data centers, no, we cannot have any more data centers on our system. It's just really hard. It's really difficult. If you think about the shale revolution in oil and gas, I mean, we used to gripe about all the government regulation and intervention and all that. Truth be told, 
pretty easy to drill an oil well in Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, for that matter, Montana. So some private equity folks and some companies that were made up of five guys in a rusty pickup truck went out and actually doubled oil production in the United States. We went from, call it, you know, five-ish million barrels a day to we're producing 13 million barrels a day of oil in the United States. We were able to do that with entrepreneurship, grit, hard work, and drilling individual wells. To do that with power is just going to be really, really tough. The grid has to be synchronized. You've got to move electricity around. You can't store electricity. You produce oil, you store it in the tank, you can come pick it up when it's time to get there. You can't store, practically speaking, you can't really store electricity. The grid's got a lot of moving pieces on it. Anything gets out of whack, it shuts down the whole system. So I lay all that out there because this is potentially going to be a really big mess. We need to be talking about this. This can't be demagogued. It can't be politics because it comes down to science. I forget, Doomberg has a quote and I'm going to booger up the quote, but physics is a, a brutal arbiter of the truth, something to the effect of we can't get around science. And so at the end of the day, this is going to be really, really hard to supply all this power to, uh, to the United States if we want this AI-driven future. So I threw all that out to you. It's disjointed. Here's kind of my plea. This is the open invitation, the open letter, if you will, to Mark Andreessen who I've never met, listened to on podcasts before, big, huge fan. But Mark, I actually think a power summit, no pun intended. You would think that given my panache and my uh, prominence as a podcaster, I could come up with something better than a power summit, but screw it, power summit it is. We need a power summit of Silicon Valley VC funds and then we need Texas private equity energy funds to get together and talk about this problem. Because I know you appreciate it, Mark, but I'm not sure all of Silicon Valley appreciates just how much more power we're going to need and how we're tapped out. I don't know that the utilities are going to be able to provide it for us. They, were, they came up with their business models in a different time. And yeah, you've got folks that are being innovative on that front. But at the end of the day, if you need something done, and maybe I'm a snob talking my own book here, you need private capital leading the change. And so I think the Texas energy folks are the people that are the same people that brought you the shale revolution are the ones that can bring you the power revolution here. And so we need to get together. I'm going to throw out, we all go to Telluride because that's my favorite place on the planet. And let's just talk. We need to do everything from us in energy, understanding what y'all need in the way of power, particularly reliability, et cetera. We need your political clout because, quite frankly, left our own devices, people hate us and the government's not going to give us the, the benefit to be able to lay lines where we need to lay lines, the permitting, the regulations. I mean, trying to get a nuclear plant permitted in the United States. Oh, my gosh. So we need your political clout. You need our power. I think we need to give you an accurate view of where we are on supplying the energy to you. And we need to even get together and talk nitty gritty of stuff. There are companies that Texas Energy Private Equity are looking at with Silicon Valley VCs, and the deals just fall apart because we structure deals differently. You guys have passed out 
having to control a board. Texas Private Equity Energy has to control the board or else they'll pass out. And so just even deal terms like that, we need to talk through and figure out how to coexist because we need to be investing in these companies together. So Mark, I'm saying we need to get together. You get your people together. I'll get my people together. We'll all get in one room. We'll go to All Reds, which is the restaurant on the top of Mount uh, Sophia. Amazing wine list, great food, best view of any restaurant I've ever seen in my life. We'll do that. We'll uh, solve all the world's problems and uh, look forward to seeing you there.